Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. With us on this week's game day show is Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas with his thoughts on the Rutgers win, Brandon Peters, and this week's primetime showdown with Minnesota. On Thursday's Visitors Edition, the radio play-by-play voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, will be with us. Before we hear from Chris Ballas, let's get it started as we always do with my view from Section 17. Saturday was a good day on many fronts. Brandon Peters took the field with seven minutes left in the first half, and he looked comfortable from the get-go. He was 10 of 14 for the day, and he did energize the offense. The offensive line took good care of him, though, no sacks, and they bulldozed the way for a Michigan ground game that rolled up well over 300 yards. The defense gave up a few chunk plays, but bounced back well from the Penn State game, and again looked like a top-five defense. It was a good day, a day that gave many of us hope. I wasn't sure what to expect from Brandon Peters. I'm not sure Jim Harbaugh and his staff knew what to expect. Talent has never been the issue with this kid. It's been his leadership ability in commanding the huddle and handling pressure in the pocket. He did well on all counts Saturday against Rutgers. It really was the perfect game to get him some reps because you wanted him to have some success and just settle in. And starting this Saturday, Minnesota and P.J. Fleck will probably have some surprises for him. That's okay. I just want to see him take what the defense gives him and continue to settle in. The offensive line has been making strides. The run blocking is better, but we have to continue to be better pass blocking and cutting way back on the tackles for losses. Now, we did a good job in both of those things against Rutgers on Saturday. I watched the Minnesota-Iowa game on Saturday night, and the gopher offense is really struggling, and that's uh, to put it mildly. It's hard to imagine they will have much success against our defense. The Minnesota D, though, has been pretty tough. They have kept them in games and given them a fighting chance in just about every game this year that they've lost. It's not a great defense, but it is better than Rutgers, and it will be a good test for Peters in his first start. So I just want to see improvement from the offense this week. If Brandon can keep the defense honest by hitting some early passes, the running game should be just fine and we should take over. We shall see. Chris Ballas thinks the offense is making strides, 
and the defense, that's still one of the nation's best. Will it be enough to win the next two, maybe steal one on the road in Madison, and be ready to do battle with Ohio State in four weeks? As Chris said, no one knows, but it's going to be an interesting stretch run. He joins me next here on this week's game day edition of The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Birth. Back with us on our game day segment this week as we uh, take a look back at that homecoming victory over Rutgers and look ahead to uh, another night game with Minnesota this weekend. Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. Great to have you back with us, Chris. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, Chris, uh, fans have been clamoring for Brandon Peters the last few weeks, and they got what they wanted on Saturday. Young Mr. Peters, at least for one week, looked very good. He did, and uh, and credit to him. It's funny because uh, somebody took a a quote from our, my message board, half of a quote, and stuck it on Twitter and said I called him a recruiting bust and that he'd never pan out. <laughs> and what I actually said was this kid, you know, hopefully he matures and gets it together and gets to the point because there was, you know, there was no, really no doubt that, that Jim Harbaugh had to make a change. Why did it take him so long? That's what everybody wants to know. Why was Brandon Peters not ready? Sometimes it takes maturity and for kids to really get invested to, if things aren't going their way, to really start putting forth the effort, uh, he by far has the best physical skills on the team, in my opinion, as a quarterback. I think Dylan McCaffrey's up there as well, and he's going to be a great quarterback, too. But hadn't put it all together, and I think the hope for everybody was, okay, we saw what Wilton Spate did last year. He had a good year. Uh, was he a top-level quarterback? No, not what Michigan's used to when it comes to top-level quarterbacks. But you were hoping that maybe he would be ready to take the reins this year, at least as a backup. And if he had done that and put him in position to do that, maybe he plays that Purdue game. Maybe he plays in that Michigan State game, and they have a better chance to win that game when John O'Korn's struggling. But it was great to see the light go on for him, Mike. And in my opinion, uh, he, well, I know that he earned another start, but uh, showed the skills. And everybody says, says it's just Rutgers, and I know I'm rambling here. He made some of those throws and looked good doing it, had great pocket presence, looked like a Michigan-worthy quarterback, and that's what I think a lot of people have been waiting for. He certainly did. And I know we're recording on Monday morning. Jim's presser is uh, later today. So you have no doubt in your mind he gets to start Saturday night. Yeah, and Jim kind of said that. You know, now we have to see how he does uh, when he's preparing as a starting quarterback. And, uh and go from there, but he's definitely earned it. And you could see that his teammates were happy for him. They were rallying around him, and I think they were excited, man. You know, it, people could say they're not frustrated, but when you're not moving the ball and you're busting your butt and not seeing results, it's got to be somewhat frustrating. So when he's moving the ball down the field, and I think he did on just about every drive, if not every drive, uh, they, one ended in a missed field goal, and I think the last drive ended uh, when they were uh, running the ball and trying to run out the clock. But he was moving the ball, and you could tell the excitement, and you could sense an energy. And I think the fan base is going to feel that too now. I think now you look at the rest of the season, and instead of saying, man, we're going to get our butts kicked, we can't move the ball across the street, you've got some hope. And there's still plenty to prove, let's, let's be honest. He's, got, uh, he's going to have bigger tests. He's going to have to face adversity a few times. 
had more time to throw against Rutgers than John O'Corn has had in his starts, so and felt pretty comfortable in there. But he was also able to move away from pressure, looked better in the pocket, and kept his eyes downfield. And to me, those are all signs of a pretty darn good quarterback, at least the potential to be. And I just wanted to say something about John O'Corn too, Chris. He, he waited a long time for his chance to start. He worked hard, gave it his best effort, and things didn't turn out the way he would have liked them to. But on Saturday, what I liked was he was the first one on the sidelines to greet Brandon after that touchdown pass. He stuck with him on the sideline the rest of the game, uh, giving him advice and encouragement. And everyone you talk to in the program says he's really just a a fine young man, very high character. Might have been lost in the shuffle on Saturday, but it says a lot about John O'Corn and what type of a teammate he is, Chris. I couldn't agree more. Class act. He's befriended Larry Prout Jr., the kid that they signed who has had 100 surgeries, one of the toughest kids I've ever seen, uh, and done a lot of work at Mott Children's Hospital. Uh, I really like the kid. He's really matured, and he said as much. He said, you know, uh, even after that first game against Florida when he only played a couple of snaps, uh, then it was he came off the field after the game and uh, was saying, man, this is one of the best days of my life, you know, uh, even though he just played a minimal role in that victory so you could tell that he had really become the consummate teammate and you know what he's one snap away again from being right back in there if something were to happen to brandon peters so i have no doubt that he's going to continue to prepare like he's the starter or at least the backup that he's one snap away from playing again and that's good to have he's got some experience and let's not forget what he did in that purdue game too they probably would not have won that game without him well, it was a big day for uh, the running game on Saturday, Chris, and the credit starts in the trenches. The big guys did an outstanding job, didn't they? They really did, and uh, I love the way that Mike and Wen, who's coming along, the right guard, we gave him some criticism early in the year. He's a little overweight still, and I'm thinking if this guy loses 20 pounds, he's, uh, he's an NFL lineman. If he moves a little bit better, that kid is really going to be something because you don't want to get in his way when he's pulling. But really on the edges, too, all of these guys, Mason Cole is at his best in space. I really love the toss sweeps. I like the power and the ISO that they're running now. I think that's what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. Earlier in the year, they were trying to mix some zone in there as well, and it seemed like you know they were, not, they were doing everything okay. They were doing a lot, but they were doing nothing really well. And I think that they've really kind of tried to reinvent themselves as the team that Jim Harbaugh would like them to be. Power, power, power play action uh, type of thing. So Jawan Bushel Beatty as well uh, has come on as a, as a run blocker. All of those guys up front did a great job. And again, it's just Rutgers, but the defensive line is the strength of that team. And when you rush for 340 yards, I don't care who you're doing it against. That team came in averaging or giving up, I think, 159, 160 yards on the ground uh, per game. And, and Michigan got almost 200 yards more than that. So, And the backs look good. I thought Karan Higdon looked pretty good. Um, and I think uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see more of Kareem Walker. Sounds like he's got something going on with his ankle now. But every time he touches that ball, he looks like a guy that is willing to punish somebody and to, and to work hard for those extra yards. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, and I want to see him do it against the big boys. You want to see him do it against teams like Penn State. They didn't run the ball great. Maybe it was Wisconsin, maybe Ohio State. That's what they're going to need. They're going to need that kind of a running game. Well, Jim and Coach Drevno have been saying for weeks now, we're working, we're getting better, we're so close to this offense breaking out. And it was only a game, but maybe, just maybe, the offense as a group, Chris, is starting to turn the corner and just in time. Yeah, we hope so. And Minnesota will be a bigger test. They play hard on defense. If you watch that team, they held Iowa to 17 points at Iowa. Iowa's not a great offensive team, and I don't mean to imply that they are. But 
that's a better defensive team that plays pretty hard, and they're going to throw some things at, uh, at Brandon Peters that he hasn't seen yet. Rutgers, for example, barely ran any twists, which we've seen Michigan struggle with up front this year and get to the quarterback with. So uh, Peters was pretty comfortable in there. We're, let's see what happens when he's under a little bit more duress, but did love the way that he was able to scramble away from pressure and throw on the run a couple of times. But uh, at the same time, you can see improvement, and that's what people have been waiting to see all year. It's like, okay, for three or four weeks, they were getting worse, progressively worse, and now we're starting to see ticks upward at least one game. Uh, and again, it's Rutgers, and again, we're going to caution people because we said the same thing uh, about Purdue and John O'Corn. Gosh, he should have been playing above Wilton Spade this whole time after one game. He needs to string a couple together, and we need to see what this offense can do against better defenses. But it was certainly a positive sign when you're moving the ball on every possession. You had huge holes, a lot of second and ones because he had nine-yard runs on first down. So we'll see what happens, but uh, certainly an encouraging sign. Well, when you look at the numbers, the defense outstanding again. If there are any concerns, it was that we gave up a big run for a score from Janarian Grant. A couple of chunk pass plays, but all in all, though, a nice bounce-back game for the team after Penn State. Yeah, 195 yards. People are like, well, this defense is just good, not great. When you're playing man and you're taking some chances like that, you are going to give up some plays. Now, it was disappointing because that was the, the read option play that they had so much trouble with against Penn State. You were hoping they would learn a little bit more. They also had a couple of nice passes, one over Tyree Kinnell at safety where he had he was close uh, in position but didn't turn for the ball, which has been a problem for him this year. But at the same time, man, it's like Jim Harbaugh said, when you're running 40 plays, when they're running 40 plays and you're giving up 50 yards on those plays, then they had three or four chunk plays, then you're doing something right. You'd like to see a few more turnovers maybe some of this pressure force some more turnovers and get you a little bit better field position at times but hard to argue with this unit that I think is still if it's not number one in the country uh, it's pretty darn close in a lot of categories so I uh, love the offensive or the defensive line play rather I think Rashawn Gary's uh, really coming into his own you're starting to see him play like a man and drawing all kinds of added attention his contribution has not shown up as much in the stats they're coming together, and, and again, bigger tests to come, especially that Ohio State game at the end of the year, the way they're playing. But it's certainly a good sign, and really the reason that Michigan is 6-2 uh, and two right now. Well, Quinn Nordine missed uh, the extra point last week against Penn State, clanked a field goal uh, attempt this week. On the message boards after the game, I, I was seeing fans ask, what's wrong with him? Should we be concerned, which I thought was funny. Uh, yeah. Considering the season that he's having, I, I really don't think there are any worries where Quinn Nordine is concerned, Chris. No, I don't either, uh, and you don't want it to snowball. He's pushed these two of these kicks, and, and you could hear it when he hit the ball that uh, he didn't get it solidly, and he pushed it a little bit the same way that he did with his extra point. Kid made 10 in a row, and guess what? Guys miss, miss field goals. You saw it in the pros yesterday. Uh, a couple of missed field goals in a couple of games that cost some teams. Even Gaskowski for New England missed a couple shorties. So you're not going to be perfect, but uh, I think the kid's going to be just fine. And, again, he's another one of the big reasons that Michigan's uh, had some success this year when the, when the offense was stalling, made, made a couple of big kicks in the Florida game. So not worried about him. Now, if he misses three or four more in a row, then you start to wonder. But uh, I don't have any concern about him. I don't think that Jim Harbaugh does either. No, and I thought the, uh, the punting game, although young Mr. Robbins only had a couple of punts, uh, very nice punts that he uh, put together on Saturday. He looks to be settling in more and getting more comfortable back there, Chris. He does. True freshman, man. And, and I think even Zoltan Mesko, if I'm not mistaken, redshirted, you know. So uh, guys are going to they're gonna have their, their difficulties adjusting to this level. And, uh, you know, the main thing for him now 
you know, is catch the ball, get rid of the ball, and don't make any huge mistakes. And uh, that was the first order of business. Now, he, like you said, he's starting to look more comfortable, and he's getting that loft under the ball. And I think he understands that he doesn't have to overkick it to really get into it. And when he had the wind at his back, uh, he let the wind do the work a little bit and got the ball up there like he can. Uh, his hang time is unbelievable. And from what I've seen on film of him in high school even, probably some of the best that we've seen here at Michigan. So he's only going to continue to get better and better. And, uh, and they're going to need him, too, you know, in field position games. Those are weapons. We saw it last year and the year before. Michigan was winning special teams with Jabril Peppers and with its, its, its kicking game. Uh, that is hidden yardage that can really help them in those big games. With us here on our game day segment this week, looking back at the big Rutgers win on Saturday and now ahead to uh, Minnesota, coming to the big house on Saturday night, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. Chris, another night game, battle for the little brown jug, and if we think our offense has been struggling, well, you haven't seen the Gophers yet. They just cannot get anything going. And against our defense on Saturday, I don't see that changing much. Do you? I don't either. And, you know, I asked the people on our message boards, what do you think this opening spread's going to be, the opening line on this game? And I thought it'd be about 16 points just because uh, that defense is so good. How are they going to get to 10 or 15 points even against this defense? And Michigan uh, would seem to be able to score, you know, 20 to 30 points against this team. That's what they're averaging. So, uh, and it opened at 15 points, and I think that's about right. I just think that uh, it's going to be hard for them to score. They don't have a consistent pass game whatsoever uh, they got to do a little bit better job uh, in the, against the read option and i think you're going to see them working on that a lot this week in practice i'm sure that's going to happen so but i like the matchup three games in a row came at the right time maryland's not going to be a pushover we've seen that they continue to fight under dj durkin but i thought rutgers minnesota and then maryland uh it gives you a great opportunity to improve as a team going into that wisconsin game in november and playing ohio state you know, they've still got some things to play for here. If they can win those three games in a row and steal a game at Wisconsin, that game at the end of the year still remains pretty big. Now their Big Ten title hopes have probably been dashed, and we understand that. At the same time, uh, you know, a lot of people thought this was going to be an 8 or 9-3 or, and three or an 8-4 and four season because of all the turnover. Uh, probably had a chance to be a little bit better than that if the offense could have come around a little bit sooner the way the defense has played. But setting up nicely for the future if they can continue to improve and I think, like you said, a lot of Michigan fans are hoping now that with Brandon Peters at the helm, that's exactly what's going to happen. And uh, But it looks better. You know, it looks a great quarterback can mask a lot of warts. We've seen that a lot of times. And uh, we saw some receivers getting a little bit of separation anyway on Saturday. We're going to need to see more of that as we go forward. But they have some good young receivers that are only going to get better. Some freshmen that we haven't even seen yet, guys like Oliver Martin. Nico Collins is starting to play a little bit more. Donovan Peoples-Jones is only going to get better. And they'll get Tariq Black back who I think is a future all Big Ten type of, of player so they're going to be fine uh, it's just one of those things where you have to listen to the national media talking about how Jim Harbaugh is overrated and stuff because you know they haven't won a championship yet and, and so on and so forth but they're building for the future and I like a lot of what I've seen. Well with Minnesota coming in you know I like Jerry Kill and what he did at Minnesota he did a good job but I really do like P.J. Fleck and I think he has a nice future at Minnesota I know Jim said uh, when he took the job here at Michigan that he was going to uh, attack it with enthusiasm unknown to mankind. But I got to tell you, I think P.J. Fleck might be right there with him. He is one upbeat, positive guy, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And his teams play hard. You know, everybody talks about the shtick versus substance. And 
it's easy to, to make fun of a guy with that much energy if he's not getting the most out of his team, but he is. Uh, I watched this, this some film on this team, and they play hard, and they play hard defensively, and he's going to get some players in there uh, and continue to get some players in there that fit what he wants to do and match his personality. Uh, he's a good football coach, you know, and I've been critical of, of him at times saying, okay, is he the next Brian Kelly, who is he? You know, although Brian Kelly's doing really well right now. You know, he's kind of been up and down at, at Notre Dame. Uh, but I think this is a guy that's uh, – that's got a chance to do some pretty good things there, and we'll probably move on, unfortunately, for Minnesota. That's what a lot of these guys do. You know, you get that next big job. But he's there right now doing a fine job, and uh, and they're going to make it tough, I think, on Michigan to move the ball. They're going to bring some things. Uh, again, they played hard on every snap, uh, especially defensively, and uh, should be uh, should be a fun game. I, I think it's one that Michigan should win comfortably, but it's one of those that you just don't know. You know, if you don't play well, just like against Michigan State, that's a game they should have won. You don't play well, you could be in a dogfight. Might have even been in a dogfight with Rutgers, let's be honest, if, if uh, Brandon Peters hadn't come in there and done a great job. So you can't take anything for granted. They're going to definitely have to show up and play. Well, this week it's the national stage again, a night game. Brandon gets primetime action, and we will see if he uh, can continue to energize the offense moving forward, Chris. Yeah, we will. And, uh, and I, you know, I think they feel pretty good about him. So it was interesting that Jim Harbaugh said, I think he surprised us, uh, a lot of people and us with how well he played. But at the same time, there are some kids that are, that are gamers, and you could tell that he was excited for his opportunity and made the most of it. Did the same thing in the spring game. You know, not a lot of pressure and things like that, people will say. But when the lights were on, he was able to produce. And really, the kid was doing it a couple of springs ago. When we were down in Florida, you know, Jim Harbaugh said that it didn't look too big for him. The, the, the moment didn't look too big for him. He didn't, certainly didn't look out of place, so he looks comfortable. He's got a different personality, and some would, people would say he's aloof. Uh, some people would say he's disconnected. When he's on his game, though, you can tell, um, you know, it brings out the best in him being out there with his teammates. We saw it on Saturday. That's the hope going forward that he, that's the guy that he is. My guest this week on our game day segment has been Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. As always, Chris, it's great having you on the show. Good stuff. And we look forward to the next visit. You bet, Mike. Thank you. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up this week's game day edition of The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today on the injury front, Ty Isaac, Michael Unwayno, and Kareem Walker left Saturday's game with injuries. It's unclear at this point how severe their injuries are. Jim said at his Monday presser that he would know more after getting reports at practice on Monday. Unwayno is really coming on. Ty Isaac had a big day on Saturday and is really a big part of the improving running game. Kareem Walker has earned more carries and looks like he really could contribute in a bigger way if he can stay healthy the rest of the way. If there is anything to report on Thursday, I will do an injury update. Jim said at his presser Brandon Peters is likely to start on Saturday. 
He said they will try to build on what Brandon did on Saturday, but he will prepare both quarterbacks to play. Wilton Spate's vertebrae injury will be re-evaluated next week. It's unclear at this point whether he will be back this year. Last week, Wilton's dad said if the reevaluation was positive, Wilton could be dressed for the Maryland game and possibly ready to play by Wisconsin. There has been no speculation like that from Jim Harbaugh or the staff about when or if Wilton will be back. A reminder that our free show app is now available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. Thanks again to Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas for being my guest today. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, the radio play-by-play voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, will join us to talk about P.J. Fleck and his young and struggling Golden Gophers. That will do it for another game day edition of the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until Thursday, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!